So we're, it's now August 1st, and we're more than halfway through 2019. And as I started my podcast really late into the year, I wanted to go back and review or give mini reviews to every big blockbuster movie from between January and June 2019. So we're not, we're not doing Far From Home again. Definitely not, we're not doing Lion King again. So we're just going to do from January to June, and then at the end of each mini review, I'll give you guys a grade rating for it. So, yeah, and of course, welcome back to Movie Morning, before I forget. And we're not going to talk about smaller movies, because, again, I don't think much people, I don't think anyone really saw that, and it's not movies that you guys really want my opinion on. And there are some blockbuster movies that I didn't see because they were R-rated, so definitely not for me, and some I wasn't interested in at all, like Godzilla, so those are not in here. And you wanted to hear my opinion, I'm sorry, I haven't seen those. And keep in mind that most of these movies I've only seen once. I've only seen, I've only seen in the theater. The only one that I've actually seen outside of the theater is Captain Marvel and Shazam. Besides that, every other movie that came out that I'm talking about, I have not seen. Even some of the earliest ones I don't have on home video yet, so I have not seen those easy either. So let's get right into it. So first up, we're going to be talking about How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which is the second sequel to my one of if not my favorite animated trilogy of all time yeah th- this is probably my favorite animated trilogy of all time now and although i think this is probably the worst how to change your dragon movie i love this movie the more i think about it the more i love it honestly when i first saw it i saw it with a bunch of people and they were kind of going crazy in the theater so i didn't get a fully focus on that fo- fully focus on this movie so I, if I forget to talk about something, it's probably because I missed it. But when I came out of the theater, I said, okay, it's good. And I would give it maybe like a kind of like a B minus or something like that. But the more I think about this movie, the more I think it's a great movie. And the more of me hearing other people's opinions, I'm like, yeah, this is a great movie. And this movie is carried by the characters and the character interactions. Hiccup and all the other... Um, all the other characters who are at Burke are fantastic. The dragons are, of course, really good. And the Toothless and the Light Fury are great in this movie. Light Fury was a great introduction to make Toothless kind of step up a bit and become basically the central character. And the search for the hidden world is very compelling. And it, I don't think we even really needed a villain for this one. The search for the hidden world kind of was so interesting to me. I don't know why, even though it wasn't that hidden at the end. It was, this movie, the characters and everything made it so interesting that Grimmel was really in the background, who's of course the villain, that we don't really think about him during the movie. When he does show up, I think he's the 100% the best villain in this entire franchise. The one that I think gave the, got the most screen time and the most, I wouldn't say development, but we had kind of had more time to connect with him, I feel. And that's why I think, he, and of course he's a strategist, which makes him a lot more interesting. He's not just punching the good guy which I like those type of villains. And of course, him like wanting to take down uh, Toothless and by making him get to Light Fairy is of course great. And as a conclusion to this franchise, it is fantastic. It wraps up every storyline so well. The ending is very sad. It's very ha- it's great ending. It's going to make you smile. It's going to make you cry. It's absolutely perfect. It definitely made me smile. Because it, as a huge fan of this of this trilogy, it really did hit hard. And when you talk about this franchise, you have to talk about the animation. The animation on, from this movie is the best we've ever seen in this franchise. Probably the best in any DreamWorks movie ever. It is out of this world what they were able to do. I think it, the animation of this movie was actually topped by another movie later this year, which we'll get into. I'm not sure if it's better than this movie, but I think it did actually get the animation here did actually get topped. Which is, which actually blows my mind. I honestly, I don't think anything could, I didn't think anything was ever, ever actually going to get up, ever actually going to, you know, top. Because this movie was, the animation here was stunning. And when you talk about How to Train Your Dragon, you have to talk about the score. And the score of this movie is absolutely fantastic. The, I feel that the, the music that, that they, uh, John Powell, I think, is a, is a, um, the, the, the music is made by John, John Powell. He's fantastic. I'm pretty sure he's done this entire trilogy. I mean, I know he did, like, 
he the first two, but I'm pretty sure he did this one as well. And he is, and he's some, created some great tracks. The theme is very memorable, very exciting. It really amps up the mood of every single scene. And that's why I think I really like this movie. The only complaint I actually would have is that some of the characters can be kind of dumb. And also the story at the start, just like every How Train Dragon movie, in my opinion, can be a little slow. But then once we really get into it, it gets really interesting. But I think it was a little slow at the start after that action scene, of course. So that's my thoughts on How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And, and, I would actually, and now I'm going to give you guys my rating. I would give this movie a B+. This movie is great. The other, the other two, I think I'd give an A. So definitely in the A category. I think I'd give this one a B+. I would say you should 100% watch it if you haven't already. And I recommend it for everyone. It's very good. Even though, like... Yeah, I would 100% recommend this one. And by the way, before we go any further, I just want to say that I think I like most of these movies. I think this has actually been a pretty good year for movies. And I know that a lot of people might not agree with some of the stuff I say in this episode. So please keep that in mind. I'm going to be really positive because most of the movies have impressed me this year. Most of the big blockbuster movies have impressed me this year. So yeah, now let's move on to the next one. All right, next up, next up is the Lego Movie 2, the second part. And I'll be honest, this movie really did disappoint me. I'll be honest. Let's get some background first. The original Lego Movie is a fantastic film, one of my favorite animated movies ever. So my expectations were high, no matter what anyone was going to say to me. And the reviews were really positive. So I'm like, okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. I shouldn't really be disappointed after that I'm done with the movie. The Lego Batman movie is great. It is not the first, not as good as the first Lego movie. I think the second half of that film did dip a bit compared to the first half and the first act. But it's still a great film, and the absurdity of it is just like is even crazier than the first one, really, especially that third act. So I like that aspect of these movies that they really much go bonkers by the end. And it works since it's Lego, and Lego can basically be whatever you want. I like that, and I like that they got a little cameos in in all of these movies. And the Lego Ninjago movie is okay to decent-ish. I enjoyed it, but I can I enjoyed it personally. But I do know that it's not really a good movie, is it? It's very rushed. Very, it's just really rushed. Most of some of the aspects of like the background aren't even Lego. And it's Lego movies that really does blow my mind. I really was expecting more from that movie. And being a huge fan of Ninjago, that did kind of disappoint me. So, and now we come to the Lego movie 2, the second part. This one was, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can call it worse than Ninjago, maybe at this point. But it's definitely almost down there because... If not the worst, because this movie is, first of all, the pacing is all over the place for me because it goes from kind of like this quick moving uh, Mad Max uh, um, apocalyptic world. It goes to space and we've got this nice little adventure. Then we've got a bunch of musical scores like put, being, being put in. slows down the pacing a lot. It, the movie really does come to a halt whenever any of the music music comes in and I really didn't like most of the music in this movie and the and it was treated kind of like a musical and I did not like that I did not like that at all and once we get into the third act it's also quite a slow third act in my opinion like come the, there's a really big exposition dump scene I won't really spoil it if you haven't seen it you know you know I'm just gonna talk about it. so if you haven't seen the Lego movie too click off now I'm just gonna tell you guys it's a disappointment you can skip a little bit skip to the end where I give my rate give my grade but the time travel twist that Rex is actually Emmett from the future is, I will, okay, it's, I'll, it will, I'm, I'm going to say that it did surprise me. I knew at that point Rex was going to be the villain because I think they implied that really clearly. But I, I still really like the twist. I think it really actually mostly works. So when we get into like, when we actually try to, dive deep into it it's just get getting into nitpick nitpicking and then we're gonna get so confused so i'm not gonna go into the time travel parts because most time travel movies go nuts and it just doesn't make sense 
So I'm not surprised they messed it up, especially in a kid's movie. They couldn't explain it too much. No one would, no, kids weren't going to get it. But the way that scene was, like, explained, like, the way that was explained to us was quite slow and quite exposition dump classic villain trope. So oh, I don't really like how it was delivered because it was kind of awkward, but... It was a cool twist. Like, I like the time travels in it. And another, of course, Rex is great. All the characters are charming as ever, like in the first one, not really as ever. And the animation is fantastic, just like all the other movies except Lego Ninjago movie. So anything else is that, if there was anything else, I would say the plot is also very messy as we get into the third act. There's so much subplots, building onto subplot, onto subplot. It kind of reminds me of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, but definitely not to that extent. And that's a movie I actually kind of like, and I definitely like it more than this one. I think this one was could have been longer because it needs time to flesh out some of its subplots more. And what they do with Batman is something that I don't like at all as a big Batman fan. So just know that when you're going into this movie, if you're a Batman fan, you could end up being really mad. Like, that's just what I think because I know a lot of... A lot of people I watch, I, a lot of my friends and stuff were really mad, and my cousins were really mad with what happened. So, all right, so, yeah, I'm going to give the Lego Movie 2, the second part, a C, a C minus, honestly. I can't really give it a D, because, again, I did enjoy some parts, but it's a C minus for me. The Lego Ninjago Movie ain't too far off that either. It's not a good movie, but I can have fun with it. This movie, I can have fun with at parts. But again, I don't think it's a really a good movie, honestly. But I think... So my recommendation would just be... If you're a kid, you're obviously going to love it. If you're like a young kid, you're obviously going to love it. That's another thing I actually should have touched on. Is that the movie is a lot more childish and a lot more aimed at kids than the first one. So younger audiences should definitely go see it. They're going to love this movie. But like for, let's say, teens to adults they're really not going to connect with this movie because it doesn't deal with as rich emotions as the first one that really going to connect with older audiences so i would say younger audiences go see this movie if you're an older if you're older you can definitely skip out on this one as much as you loved the first one next up captain marvel of course i'm a really big mcu fan i've already touched on this movie before in my Nice little Marvel ranking. So, you guys should already probably know. I quite enjoy. I really enjoyed this movie. I don't like it as much as I first watched. When it first coming out, I was like, "Oh, this is a great movie," you know. Yeah. But like, it's not really a great movie. Looking back, I can't really say it's a great movie because there are some elements to the story that I don't really like, and I would say the pacing is kind of all over the place again like it starts off really slow although I did enjoy when she was like kind of talking kind of like like kind of like talking back and forth insulting with Jude Law's character Yon Ra I did like that her part of her character but the pacing was very slow very exposition heavy in that first half and we get to then we get to Earth it's more of like a spy buddy cop movie and it, it like it kind of like quickens up but then we get into the third act there are some really long scenes in that third act it really put the movie at a halt, and slows down the pace. It's really, the pacing is not good in this movie, in my opinion. But, aside from that, any other issues I would have would be, Brie Larson is kind of mixed for me. I did like her for the most part, but some scenes, she really needed to do more than what she did. I think she was a little too stale and bland at points, but she was good for the most part. And... Annette Benning's character, Marvell, was, I don't know what she was doing with her performance. It was not good. And any, and some of the side characters, like some of like her like Star Force team don't get anything to do at all. So they're not, they didn't, they serve absolutely no purpose. And the first act, for the most part, I would say, is pretty slow and gets boring a lot of times. And I have a lot of smaller issues, but I don't really have to get into that here. And there will be spoilers, I think, as we keep talking. I think there w- I, w- I might get into spoilers. So, some things I really loved. Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Goose the Cat. <laughs> Goose the Cat was really funny, but I think they might have overused him, used her 
use it apart. Like the like the joke of like, oh Ben Mendelssohn's afraid of her, Samuel Jackson, Nick no, you're not Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury's playing with her. I think they overuse that at part. Not not as much as I was thinking. I was thinking they're gonna overuse Goose the Cat so much, but they actually didn't. I think they use Goose just right, but maybe just a little too much at parts. And some other things that really stand out to me was the, the use of the Tesseract was actually really surprising. And the squirrels in general were very good. I think they gave a lot more depth to them than I was expecting. And of course, the twist at the end where I said there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, click off now. The squirrels are actually good and the Kree are bad. I like that twist. I like it when they change things from the comics. I don't like it when they go like way too far. Like maybe the Mandarin. I think they might have gone a little too far. But switching sides of the squalls was something I find interesting. And I really don't want them to turn bad. Because I really like Ben Mendelsohn interacting with these characters. He's by far the best character in this movie. And he's fantastic. He's very silly at points. But so enjoyable. And his character actually has a lot to him. More than I, was, I thought Talos was going to have going in. And of course, the second act of this movie is the highlight with it being kind of buddy cop, little, like, kind of like a high spy movie. I love that part. I love that part of the movie. It's the strongest part for me. The quickest moving as well, so it's hard, easy not to get bored. It's hard to get bored. So, you know, I haven't got... Oh, yeah, also by the, the, the tag at the end of, like, the Avenger initiative, I absolutely love that. Like, that is one of the highlights. That one of the best scenes of the movie for me. Like, I remember that. Like, that scene, like, with the end of the Avengers music plays. Spectacular. And the score was of this movie, that we're not going to count that end tag, was decent. And I thought the... But I did think that the music choices were very weird in the third act and didn't really fit. But with its time zone, of course they fit. But, yeah, that was kind of strange to me. I don't know. So... Yeah, I'm going to give Captain Marvel a B. I would say if you're an MCU fan, check it out. Besides that, I think you could probably skip on this one. I don't think I don't think you really have to see this one. I think you could skip out on it. But I, again, I really enjoyed it. Next up, Shazam. So, this movie has a lot of heart from start to finish. It is. It was a lot more enjoyable the second time. I watched it. I think a week, almost a week ago now, I think, or more than a week ago. And I enjoyed it even more than I did the first time. And even then, I thought it was a fun movie. Now, I think I liked it even more because I was able to look past some of the issues. Like, the tone is all over the place and off at points. Like, the boardroom scene is so out of tone with the rest of the movie that it's no longer a family movie. <laughs> it is a great family movie, except that moment. That moment really ruins a family experience for me if we if someone were to watch it like if we were if a family was going to go watch it and I think it's very fun it's still enjoyable but it doesn't really it's not a great movie by any means especially thinking about it more and more it's it's definitely fun it's entertainment at, at its finest but it's not really a good movie if you it is a good movie, but it's not a great movie. You really try to dissect all the details of it. We're not going to do that here. I'm, I'm just going to talk about what, 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 well, what I didn't like was that, of course, the tone. Mark Strong's villain was mixed for me. He's better than mo- most of the other DCU villains, but he was mixed for the most part. The kids were annoying. Some of the parents were really annoying. Some of the acting was off from them and not up to par with Jack Dylan Grazer. Zachary Levi and Asher Angel, who are all fantastic in this movie. Asher Angel not really being as good as the other two, but playing a young Billy, he really does match Zachary Levi, except being a little more darker. And they actually make jokes about that during the movie, which I actually like. They're self-aware about what's going on. And it's just a whole lot of fun. Zachary Levi is great as this childish superhero and it's it, the story is filled with lots of heart, and the central theme is family, and it definitely works. But I think it would have been a lot better if the acting from the parents and the kids were better. That's just what I thought. I thought it was, wasn't up to par again. 
once again. And I also thought that the monsters and CGI weren't great. Shazam's powers are presented in an interesting way, but like the monsters and those things, the CGI was bad, borderline bad in my opinion. There are some very fu- funny jokes, of course. It's pretty much a comedy. Most of the joke lands, but there are some that I kind of rolled my eyes over. Like they're pretty outdated jokes, some of them. But like some of the jokes about him learning to use his powers, like the one where Billy, I'm Freddy's like, wait, is it this is the suit bulletproof or is it him? So let's sh- shoot his head. That was absolutely hilarious. That scene in the mart was very funny. One of the highlights of the movie. The third act kind of goes off and goes off the rails for me. The second act is by far the highlight of Billy just Billy and Freddy interacting throughout that second act is the highlight. The first act is very slow until Billy gets his powers and not very good. Then once Billy gets his powers up until the carnival sequence, I'd say, I think it's the movie's very good. Then once all the once again we're going to spoilers now. Once all the family members get the powers it goes off the rails for me, and it's pretty much a Guardians of the Galaxy ripoff. And at the end, I was so hoping they were going to take the powers away. But no, they kept the powers, so kind of annoyed about that. I think I would have liked to see them go on and just have Billy in the sequel. If they do this thing where they all of them are the main characters, and it's kind of a Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to be so annoyed. I really hope they lose their powers. So Malsabad is that I thought the plot is very much, is a very different type of superhero story. I like that, but some of the elements can be not very well executed, I would say. The boardroom scene is very out of tone. I really don't like it. Like, I don't know what they were, they were thinking with that one. The director comes from a horror background, but this isn't a movie you should apply the horror elements to, in my opinion. So I think... Yeah, that's my thought on Shazam. I, I think also say, oh yeah, I would say that the the way the scene or the opening scene with the with the villain is with Doctor Savannah as a kid was also really dark and out of tone with the rest of the movie. That which it really didn't work. I was like, it's gonna be a lot darker than I think because, like. When I watched the film, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like another one of those like dark DCU movies which are just not fun, even though the trailer implied it was going to be. Thank God it wasn't for the most part. And I would say I had a fairly good time with this one. I'm going to give Shazam a B-. minus. I think it's in, an enjoyable enough flick, and I would say families go see it, except maybe not really, not try to avoid it. Some of those scenes, like, so, like especially avoid the boardroom scene and the opening scene because it's so... No, not the opening scene. Just oh, if, you're a fa- if you're seeing this as a family, avoid the boardroom, boardroom scene because especially... Not, not the family in general, but if you're a kid, young kid, avoid the, the boardroom scene because it is very dark for a family-friendly movie. So except the boardroom scene, this is a very fun movie and definitely recommended for families. So... Yeah. The next film is Avengers Endgame. There will be spoilers. This movie's been out for a couple of months now. It's now out on digital. And it's it's the number one movie of all time. So I'm pretty sure everyone's seen it at this point. So there will be spoilers. I honestly have no... Like... Barely any complaints about this movie. I basically have none. The only com- two complaints that I could have, I don't have any movie that's perfect. I don't, haven't seen a single movie that's perfect to me. This is the least amount of complaints I've ever had for a movie, and that is two. And there, one of them's minor. One could be a big problem for some people. One is, one is the pacing of this movie. The first act is very slow. But they needed that, which is why it barely even counts as a complaint for me. Besides that, there's, there's just the fat Thor storyline, which I thought was... I loved what they were doing. Like, I loved what their concept and what they wanted to do with it. But the way they executed it, I think they played it for laughs a little too much. If they hadn't done it as much, this would be one of the best... One of the better parts of the movie. Which, then there would be no... Then it would be... Yeah, it would have been a good part of the movie, but it's a mixed part just because I think the execution wasn't 
as good as I think it should have been. I think it was a little too, little too funny in parts. Like they sh- they went for too many jokes with it, and I think by then I was like, okay, I'm over this now. Like, just focus on the story and focus on rebuilding the Thor character. So, and that's really it. That those are my only two nitpicks about this movie. Besides that. I mean, some people are going to go on about the time travel and all that, but I think I've wrapped my head around how it works. I'm not confused by it anymore. If you are, I'm not surprised because it took me about a month to be like, oh, that's what they did. So I'm, I think I'm good with where it's at now. I don't really find it confusing anymore, except for like how they might have done some stuff, like how Captain America returned. Those are like the smallest nitpicks. You do not have to get into those. But what I loved, everything else, the characters from Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, all the way down to Nebula, Rocket, they're all fantastic. All the performances, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, although some of the execution of his character wasn't as good. Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner are highlights in this movie. Everyone is awesome, okay? Everyone's good. There's not a single hero that I didn't enjoy. The weakest probably being Rhodey, but he had some funny lines and... He just wasn't given as much as the other heroes, and he's not as big of a part, which is understandable, which is why he wasn't given a bigger part, and I think it was for the better. And everything else, once again, like I said, is fantastic. The first act, the dire and kind of like hopeless, depressing first act is very good. The opening 15 minutes, just, just like knocking down Thanos in the first 20 minutes was so surprising, caught me completely off guard, and... Truly a great way to start a movie. The five-year time jump and the implications. Very well done. Everything about this movie. The second act, the time travel elements, or the character interactions. The Vormir sequence was very heartbreaking. Black Widow's death is one of the, like, a very sad moment. It did make me tear up. The New York sequences were so nostalgic. They were very well done. There were a couple little things in there, like to do with the time travel parts, which I did have a problem with. But now with the announcement of the Loki TV show, I can, I'm completely for it now. And the 1970s of Tony Stark meeting his dad was a great moment, great full circle moment for his character. The Asgard moments were great. Much It made me almost appreciate Thor The Dark World more. The Morag sequences were definitely the weakest parts of the second act because there wasn't much there. But the way that they introduced the 2014 Thanos and Nebula and Gamora from that timeline was great. I did not expect them to go that route. But I knew that something was coming because, you know, we saw Thanos on, in that battlefield in the trailer. And the third act of this movie, my God, it is magic. Like... N- this has never, ever been done before. The action scene as the level of this is, it's never been done before. Like, never. Starting off with Hulk snapping after they got all the Infinity Stones, a fantastic moment, very well done by Mark Ruffalo and all the creative team who pieced that, pieced that scene together. Wow, it's brilliant, really. And that um, throwdown with Cap, Thor, and Tony Stark with Thanos is... One of the greatest fights in any comic book movie ever, if not the greatest. And Captain America finally holding Mjolnir in his hand. That was the greatest moment in cinema history. Hands no, no arguments. Like, that blew my mind away. I, I actually, that was actually one of my predictions going in. But that, if there was one thing of my predictions I was talking about with some people around me, I was like, that's like the one thing that I would say, okay, that's probably the least likely to happen. It happened... And my God, it is, I cannot believe it actually happened. And it is, again, mind-blowing. And the Avengers Assemble scene is fantastic. The score by Alan Silvestri is fantastic. The drum swing in the background of that portal scene, like, wow. And Thanos, played by Josh Brolin, is very good in this movie but he doesn't he's basically just a random villain if you don't have the infinity war background but since we do and it's a two-parter we can't just say he's just a random knockoff villain because it is a two-parter so we can't call it we can't it's not really a it's not really a standalone film that's the that's one thing that but as a culmination culmination of 22 movies 
and 11 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is the greatest thing we could have ever hoped for. It is emotional, it is exciting, it's riveting, and it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's everything, everything that we could have hoped for. As a Marvel fan, it's everything we could have hoped for going into this movie. And, the, and Tony Stark, that, the snap and what happens at the end is so, man, it is one of the, one of the probably I think the saddest moment I've ever seen in a movie, honestly. It broke me and Cap's ending was truly, truly magnificent and it's so fitting for the character to finally have his happy ending. And they did leave a couple things off, like the Guardians and Spider-Man. I loved where they left those things off. And again, I've been ranting about this for so long, but this movie is truly astonishing. And to make this even happen was a, an achievement in itself. This combined with Infinity War, this combined with Infinity War is perhaps the most, the most, the biggest ever sci-fi action achievement action movie achievement ever. This is one of this is probably the greatest cinematic experience I'm gonna have. And and it was hundred percent worth the wait. I'm gonna give Avengers Endgame an A plus. That is so rare. If I was actually gonna give any other movie an A plus, it'd just be maybe The Lion King. And maybe Avengers Infinity War, but that might be it. I don't know what other movie I'd actually give an A plus. This is a great movie. A, not even great. It's in a near-perfect movie. And Avengers Endgame is now the biggest movie of all time. And honestly, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, like I just mentioned. So, that's it for Avengers Endgame. So, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. It is... So, just to give a little... Okay, so, it's dumb. But just to give a little background... I'm not at all a Pokemon fan. I never have been, but, you know, since I heard that Ryan Reynolds was voicing it, I thought the trailer seemed charming, fun, dumbness, charming little dumb action movie, dumb PG action movie. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. It was near decent. I don't know. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would, honestly, from the trailer. I thought I was going to have so much fun, but it wasn't that really. I think it... I'm surprised it got a theatrical release, honestly, because it felt one of the, like one of those straight-to-DVD adventure movies, but the effects, of course, are like movie levels. So you can't take that away. And the Pokemon are, of course, very charming, and, you know, they're obviously great for Pokemon fans, but I don't have much to say about them. The acting, for the most part, was kind of bad. Besides Justice Smith and Ryan Reynolds, the rest of the cast didn't really do a good job. And it felt like kind of like a Disney Channel movie or like straight to DVD movie, like I already mentioned. But Ryan Reynolds is the highlight of the movie. He, him and his Pikachu is great, and the and the villain being was it Bill Nye's? I can't remember, but he was okay. I think I wish we got a little more of his background, but I think at the end the twist definitely worked, and the fact that Pikachu was actually his dad was. A cool little thing they did. Spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. The mystery aspect was mostly pretty predictable. Like, I actually thought in the first part of the movie, like, imagine he's actually his dad. Like, I don't know. That's what I just thought. Ryan Ryan Reynolds legit showing up at the end was cool. But I have a question. I have some questions hanging off at the end, but there definitely is going to be a sequel. So there's no need to really talk about them. And I don't know what else I really have to mention. The plot, again, is dumb, and it's absolutely bonkers. It's just, it's not, bo- it's not the level of bonkers, but it's dumb fun. That's how, like, how I would describe it. And, like, how would you describe this movie in as few words as possible? I would just say dumb fun. Because I had fun with it. I don't really think I can call it a good movie. But, again, I had some fun with it. I wish... It was a lot of the things were more fleshed out, and I think the movie could have been a little longer. But Catherine Newton's character is so overcooked that I really didn't like it. And some of the, there are some lapses in logic, like what happens in the second act, like when the mountains, like when they fall, they should definitely die. Like there's some stuff like that, which it's a Pokemon movie, so it doesn't really matter, really. And 
Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about this one. I did say that, the, I would say, though, that there are some parts where I thought that they, it was a little too dark for a Pokemon movie. I think it should have been a lot more fun, and I think the adventure, adventure should have been a lot more engaging overall. Like, until Pikachu shows up, it's fairly depressing and kind of boring, and I wish there were more Pokemon fights, and the ones that we did get were cool. So, I can't complain, but I wish we had more. And that's pretty much all I have for, and I would give, a, if I were to give a score, it's so hard for me on this one, because, like, if I were to, as a movie, I think it's maybe a C, C or C plus. Can't give it higher than C plus. But then entertainment-wise, it might be higher. I think I'll probably give it a, you know, I'm just going to go with a C, I think. Yeah, I'll go with, I'm going to give Detective Pikachu a C, I think. It's fun, but it's not a good movie and there's a lot of things I don't like especially looking back on it it's definitely not as good as I thought it was going to be and what I thought after the movie it's definitely not as good as that I think I'd give it a C it's not the worst film of the year of the year not even the worst blockbuster film of the year but it's fun but there's a lot of issues to me and I don't I think you could probably skip it skip on it skip out on it unless you're a Pokemon fan so I'm gonna give Pokemon Detective Pikachu a C Next up is the first Disney live-action and only Disney live-action remake we are actually going to be talking about, and that is Aladdin. You might notice I skipped out on movies like John Wick and Godzilla because, again, John Wick is R-rated and Godzilla I didn't have any interest in. So, moving past that, these Disney, this Aladdin is a fun movie. Unlike Pikachu, I can actually call it a well-made movie as well. Pikachu is a fun movie. It's well, it's... Professionally made, but at some parts of it are not, don't feel like it's like a theatrical movie level of like a movie that, like to the level of a theatrically released movie. But Aladdin is a fun movie, and it's, I think it's for the most part a good movie. Mina Massad as Aladdin is fantastic, and I really liked his line delivery, it definitely matched with the original. Naomi Scott is fantastic as Jasmine. Will Smith is the highlight of the movie as Genie. He's kind of like Timon and Pumbaa where they actually, he kind of actually try and try to a little branch out from Robin Williams and actually try doing his own thing, but while still giving nods to the Robin Williams version, which is the best way to do these remakes in my opinion, which the movie doesn't really do for the most part. I'll get into that a bit later. And Jafar is a weak part of the movie, but... And also the colors seem very over, over, I don't know how to say it, like over processed because they feel, they look so bright, what they really don't need to be to look more realistic. And with that, some of the like objects and artifacts seem a little too clean. And I have a couple more issues with the movie, but there's one big one that stands out, of course, and I'll get into that a bit later. I'm not going to go into my other issues here, but some of the some of the story elements that they added were a little weird that I don't think they really needed to. They could have done with something else. And but I again, I did like the way the way that they kind of changed the way they did some scenes, like kind of like the scene after Prince Ali where Aladdin's kind of showing off to Jasmine. I did like how they do did that scene. I can't fully remember if it was in the original, but I think it wasn't. I liked that they added that scene. And Naomi Scott's new song, Speechless, is great. With that, every single song in here is fantastic. Friend Like Me being the highlight and my favorite of the movie. Tremendously sung, and the scene is so entertaining. The entire movie, for me, is very entertaining. The second act, the first and second acts are borderline very good. They are very entertaining. I never really got bored, honestly. It's just that third act that kind of breaks the film. So it, it breaks parts of the film for me. The third act is very slow and kind of boring. And that's like the only sequence I got bored. There's some really wasted sequences, like the ice sequence. Like, why was that ever in this movie? That's more of a blame to the original. But they could have not done that here. I think that would have been better because it was kind of a waste just to stretch the runtime. And I don't have any other complaints except for one, which, again, I'll get into later. But any other, with other positives, I would say the, the, um, the realism, I think, is a lot more, a lot better in this movie than some of the other live-action remakes. Like, I can mostly see this being real life 
Except the fact that we've got a genie. Besides that, this is pretty realistic, in my opinion. That's a compliment. I can definitely give it. And, again, there are some very entertaining sequences. And, the, oh, yeah, the character interaction between especially Will Smith and Mina Massad is great. Mina Massad's, Mina Massad's um, relationship with Naomi's, um, Naomi Scott and their character dynamic is very good. It is very entertaining when they're talking. It is... It's very funny when, especially the scene after the Prince Ali when he's showing off. That's a very funny scene, especially seeing the genie's reactions. And, yeah, there's a lot of things that I really love about this. But mostly it's just very good entertainment to me. But, like, all these Disney remakes, there is one problem that will stick out pretty much no matter, unless they actually remake the entire film. Is that, what's really the point of this? Like... Disney didn't need to do this, but it did branch out a lot, quite a bit more than most of these. Like, comparing this to The Lion King, The Lion King changed very less. This movie changed a lot more than that movie, despite being... I think they were around the same lengths longer than the original. This is about... 30 minutes longer than the original. The Lion King is also like 30 minutes longer than the original. So it's around the same there. But I would give Aladdin, the classic animated film, like a B my C plus, B minus. I never really liked that one. I think I like it. I appreciate it a lot more watching it now, but it's still not for me that good. I think I like this one more. That movie, the animated one's like a C plus for me. This one's like a B my, I'll get into it. No, I don't want to spoil my rating, but it's higher for me. And then, the Lion King, for me, it's like an A+, plus, the original animated film. This one changed more than the, the Lion King remake did. But The Lion King's still a better movie, and that's just because of its tremendous source material. If Aladdin had a better source material and the story structure was stronger like The Lion King, and of how like well-made and how like emotional it really is, this might be a better remake than The Lion King, but the only reason is because the story for me of The Lion King is much more captivating, and most and all the characters in The Lion King are fantastic. There's a lot of quite there's not most of the characters here besides the main three lead aren't very aren't very good. So yeah, I'm gonna give Aladdin a B minus. Check it out. I think I think I think it is deserved to be checked out. I don't think you need to watch it, but I think it deserves to be checked out by Disney fans and families in general. It's definitely going to be the Aladdin for gen- for the new generation because it's a good movie. I think most people will have a fun time with this, except critics, though, because apparently they don't like it. Next up, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, so... I am a huge Marvel fan, and with that, I'm a huge fan of this franchise. I've seen every one of them, except the R-rated ones. And I was very nervous about this movie, because it had a nightmare production. And I was actually going in like, okay, it's going to suck, I'm prepared for it at this point. And I'll be honest, it didn't suck. It's not a D-quality movie. I, I didn't hate it. But... The rest of, like, I know so many people who enjoyed the movie. They're like, wow, what a great movie. One of the best X-Men movies. Like, everyone, some people around me are like, it's such a good movie, Dark Phoenix. I'm like, I can't agree with that. Like, as a, a huge fan of this franchise, but as a conclusion, it really didn't do it for me. I think it should have ended with Apocalypse. So it's actually a pretty decent ending. Not the movie itself. The movie is. We're not going to go into it, but... The ending itself of the humans and mutants finally accepting each other is what the franchise has been building to. That could have been it. It was nice at the beginning of this movie actually seeing humans appreciating mutants. And they pretty much throw it out, throw that out of the window by the halfway point of the movie. So it disappears until the end of the movie. The very end of the movie. Which then again, I don't even remember if it shows up. That's the thing about this movie. It's just forgettable to me. Like, there's not really anything that really sticks out to me. It's not the worst movie of the year. But it, is one of the, it might actually be the worst blockbuster of the year so far. It is very messy. It's, it was, it's, a resh, it's a reshot mess, so what do you expect? It, is, it has poor character, poor character work. Like, poor effects for the most part. There are some cool-looking stuff, but for the most part, it's, 
shot, very bland. Like, most X-Men movies, I think, have actually pretty good, really good cinematography and way better than most MCU movies. But this one's boringly shot, except that third act is actually very good. Very nice shots in there. And I thought that it was so entertaining, the best part of the movie. The second act is the garbage low point of the movie. The second act is the worst part of the movie and is absolutely horrible at parts. The action scene in the second act is so un is unbearable. It is the most boring scene, boring action scene in this entire franchise. Excluding Origins, of course. And besides the only good part about the second act for me was when Gene was talking to Magneto and Magneto was like, Gene, whose blood is that I like that scene. That was like Magneto actually like going at Gene. None of the characters really did that. All the characters were just like, Joey Gene, we need to help you and stuff. And that was cool. I liked that part. And the scene where Magneto stopping the helicopter, that was a dope scene. I mean they showed it off before the movie, but it was cool. Everything after that was not very good. I like Magneto react like, okay, basically. Everything in that second act was bad except Magneto. That's enough. And Magneto is the best part of the movie. <laughs> and it's a movie about Jean Grey. And Magneto is not introduced till the second act. So that is worrying if you're at Fox. And I'm so glad they're finally with Disney. Michael Fassbender is the highlight of the movie. He's fantastic. He carries the movie for me. In the third act, he's so brutal, violent. It's fun. It's just really good. And Nightcrawler in that third act. Like... Whoa, okay. He went dark. It was cool seeing him like that. The third act, though, actually, like, the most, like, one of the most, I would say, brutal final acts of any X-Men movie. There's a lot of violent stuff happening, and that was actually really well done. I liked what they did there. And it was completely reshot, that third act, so I'm really not surprised that it was actually good. I think they got a little bit more of a better team at that point. The rest of the movie, however, is very messy. The first act's okay, I would say. It's not bad, but it does get kind of boring, and it's introduction to Jessica Chastain's character and the Dabari was not very good. I think Vuk is her, I think Vuk is her, like, her name. I don't even remember. It's the most forgettable villain in this entire franchise. And anything else to talk about? I would say that the Phoenix storyline, okay, yeah, we're missing some stuff. So I need to talk about some of the characters. James McAvoy is, of course, good. He just, he's just a great actor, so there's nothing, there's, it can't really go wrong. And Sophie Turner was decent, I guess, but there were some scenes where I thought her performance was overcooked, but she worked for the most part, and with that, but they completely botched the Phoenix storyline for a second time. To me, this is 100% better than The Last Stand, but it doesn't mean it's good because there's a lot of stuff in here that I think wasn't fleshed out very well, especially the Phoenix stuff. Like, Didn't she already have this before? I think this could have... Some reports are coming out now that they were actually planning on this to be a two-parter, and I think that would have been a lot better if they were going to make the movie this short. They could have just easily made this movie, like, two hours 45, and it would be a whole lot better if they had got a chance to flesh those out more. But then again, there would be a whole lot more boring scenes, which there already are. And the movie does drag, don't forget. I haven't even mentioned that. It does drag in that second act, and I think you'll definitely get bored. And honestly, it's... But the best part, best scene of the movie to me was the final scene of Eric and Charles playing one more game of chess. That was the best scene of the movie. And the acting in that scene was very good. And that was the highlight. And I found it kind of weird that they changed the school name to Jean Grey. And why not? Why didn't they change it to Raven? Because she was like the influence. And she, Jean Grey, just, she turned bad and she turned good. Oh, that's that's good, right? What if she never, what if she stayed good? She's not going to get it. Mm, that's kind of off to me. I'm making Beast the Headmaster is definitely very, very, it definitely finished off his character arc well. And with that, continuity is continuity has been a problem in these movies before. But at this point, they've thrown it into space because it does not make any sense at all. Like, for example, James McAvoy apparently looks like James McAvoy. And then eight years after this, or was it six years? Six years after this, he he looks like Patrick Stewart. What? Okay, what? I, like it's that's that confuses me, but it's Fox, so what can you expect at this point? So yeah, you can tell I'm disappointed by this movie. Again, a couple good things sprinkled in there, but for the most part, I'm really underwhelmed. I'm really disappointed. Even though I was going in expecting a trash movie, it wasn't trash. It was just bad. I think I don't know. I would say it's really forgettable and average.
And it's kind of like the Lego Movie 2 where there are some good parts. But I think this one I would go back to a lot more than Lego Movie 2. Because Lego Movie 2, I really can't stand some of the stuff in it. Because the movie is so slow in that second act. But this one, it is breezy for the most part except that second act. But the rest of the movie is a lot quicker, which I like. I guess. I don't know. I'm, this movie confuses me. And it's forgettable, honestly. I'm going to give... Dar- I, haven't, I can't believe I've spent this much time talking about this movie. Because I was expecting this to be the least I'm talk- I, I would talk about. Because... It's just forgettable and average to me. Yeah, so I'm just going to give Dark Phoenix a C-. This franchise ends on a low note. This 20-year-old franchise. It's older than me, and it ended on a low note. I'm disappointed. Alright, so now we're getting into our the penultimate film on this, on this list. And this is, this is a movie that I actually saw after my final movie, but in release order. did come out first, and that is... Men in Black International, or MIB, whatever you want to say. As someone who hasn't seen the second and third one, I have seen the first one, but I haven't seen the second and third one, I actually enjoyed this movie. And that makes me think that I could actually enjoy the second and third one, because they, they, the, I'll be honest, the first Men in Black film didn't impress me as much as I thought it was going to be. This one is fun, though. I like this one. This one was fun. Men in Black International is a lot, this is probably my most controversial one, because I had a blast with this movie. I cannot lie. I had 100% had a blast. I was watching with a bunch of friends, and they all seemed to enjoy it. So it was hard not to get sucked into the fun, I'll be honest. And Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth have great chemistry. We've seen it already with Thor Ragnarok. And the story is dumb, just like Pikachu. I already said that I've talked about dumb stories before. Already a dumb movie before this. But honestly, I can get behind it if if it's going to be this fun. There are some really... There are some really bad things in it, I'll be honest. Like, some of the things they try to pull off, like, it can be very, very predictable at parts. And they try to make it unpredictable when I actually kind of guessed some of the stuff that was going to happen. So there, there were some really bad execution in this movie. And some of the characters were kind of annoying. Like, Kukumal Nanjiani's character kind of annoyed me. I know he was funny at first, but as we got in the movie, I'm like, can you be quiet? And the sequence in the, like, Chris, like, with Agent, with, like, Chris Hemsworth, I, I don't remember the agent's name, I'm sorry, but it's been, like, um, more than a month. So, Chris Hemsworth's character, when they go to that, like, on the boat, and they arrive at that place, that was a really weird sequence, and that was, like, the low point of the movie for me. It was nice introducing Tessa Thompson's character, who I think is Agent M, but, like, I'm not sure, I can't remember, so I'm just going to call them by their actors' names. Liam Neeson's good in this movie. But his character felt a little cliche. I don't know. It felt like such like a classic movie trope. And just some of the stuff in here was so redundant and repeating up, repeating things that's already been done in movies before. They didn't... I think it was a very safe movie. That's what I'll say. It, was very, it played it very safe. And, but I think it executed that safeness, you could say, well. It's a fun time, but it's not, not as creative as, as the first one. I don't know which one I like better. I know that's a weird thing to say. Like, oh, the first one's obviously better. But this one lacked originality to me. I really did enjoy most of this movie. There are some elements, some aspects I don't like. And with it, let's talk about the third act. The third act I actually like. And the way they use Chris Hemsworth's character, like, he got wiped. Mind wiped. That was cool. I like that part. And the twist was, at the end, was predictable at part. I thought it was still done. Like, they clearly setting up that other guy to be the to be the one who did it but I was like okay there's no way this it's just predictable it's kind of like fantastic beast and where to find them like how they did like the twist at the end as well so I think this movie honestly could have been great for me to me there's no denying that but to me it just missed out on it unfortunately and I'm impressed with it. I'll be honest. I, I, I was going in. I'm like, okay, I think this might be fun, but it's gonna. Is it gonna be trash? Like some people have been saying, it's better than everyone is saying, in my opinion. It is a fun movie, and I'm gonna give this movie a B minus, I think, or maybe a C plus. I have no idea, but don't take. I'm just gonna go with a B minus for now. But this could easily change over time because I'm tempted to go a little lower. But I'm gonna go with a B minus because it's very fun. 
Now we're going to get into the last movie on this list, and it is one of the best. And it is Toy Story 4. We can finally talk about a great movie again after some mixed ones, to say the least. This is a great movie and the best Toy Story movie, in my opinion. Go check out my ranking if you haven't already to hear my opinions on the other ones. But in short, I haven't always been the biggest Toy Story fan, but, coming, but and now I'm, I'm coming to appreciate them a lot more now. All of them are very good, too great. This is the great one. Isn't amazing, in my opinion. It's not really amazing to me, but I'm very happy with what they were able to do. And I was actually really nervous because the third movie, the conclusion was very satisfying, emotional, all that. You know, you get it. It didn't bring out the emotion like to, for me like other people. I don't know why. I think it's a little over-exaggerated. In my opinion, I don't love it as much as most people, but this is the funniest of the franchise. I laugh so many times. Forky, the new character, is charming and fun. It's, it's just cool to see him on screen. Other characters that I like were... There was Duck and Bunny, who, of course, stand out, played by Key and Peele, who are very funny. I laugh so many times. Like, honestly, like, it was most of... Their humor and things were so well done. That end credit scene was so funny. I was laughing so hard. And Keanu Reeves' character, Duke Kaboom, is a, is a standout. He is a powerhouse, of course. And some of his puns were really funny. Like, that Canada one was... I didn't expect to see that. And it really did surprise me. It is a great movie. It is... You know, I really do actually... Think I like it even more than I like thinking about it. I like it even more than I first saw it. I haven't, I didn't get a chance to go back and see it as a movie I actually really liked. But I was like, okay, I'm not like hugely attached to this like a lot of other people. So I'm like, I don't really feel like I need to go watch this again. But man, this is a movie that I cannot wait to get on home media, and I cannot wait to check out over and over again because it is fun and such a cool little adventure and. Such a great family movie. The best family movie that's come out of this year, in my opinion. Maybe Probably the best one since Spider-Verse, which was late last year. Which I think might be better than this. I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I actually have a video. I actually have a little episode idea of like top five animated movies or something. By the time we get to... Maybe like once we get another big one that comes out. Like maybe... I don't know. We'll see. This is going really ahead of the game. But... I wish we okay. If I were to give a couple complaints, it would be that I wish we got more Woody and Buzz scenes because their chemistry is the driving force of this franchise to me. And not having as much of that kind of disappointed me. The inner voice thing for Buzz, like they made him dumber. I know a lot of people got annoyed with that. I didn't because it was funny, and I think it definitely made sense because he never really. He's not fully fit in yet. I think for the most part he has, but there's still parts of his character which is like, should I be doing this and should I be doing this? I don't know. Jesse and all the other toys are very, given a big step down. I think that's not actually a bad thing because we've seen so much of them that I think making this Woody-centric with new characters and with Bo Peep finally taking the forefront was a good choice. And the villain is very em- sympathetic. I almost said empathetic. Sympathetic. And where they go with, with her at the end it's, you know, it's very heartwarming. And also, don't, we can't talk, we can't not talk about the conclusion. It is even more perfect than Toy Story 3. And if they dare make one more movie, I will, you know, actually, I won't mind at this point. I really, I really love this movie, as you can tell. And if they do actually end up making another one, I am interested to see where they're going to go with it. Like, is Tom Hanks not going to return as Woody? I don't know. But... I am curious to see where that could go. But if they do, I'm going to be worried again. There's no way I'm not because I don't know how you continue, really. This is such a good conclusion. But I would like to see more of the OG cast, maybe. But then again, some of the act, like Don Rickles, of course, no longer with us. So it's going to be hard to pull off some of that. Like for this movie, I'm pretty sure they use old lines, like from other movies, because most of his dialogue feels the same to me each movie. I don't know. That's just why I think. And I haven't even talked about this, but Tom Hanks is gives his best best voice performance as Woody, as Woody by far. 
And there's anything else for Sakomni spot on the act. There's oh yeah, there's some really good cool action scenes in here as well. There's not like that's it, this is count like that scene in the antique store where they're trying to rescue Forky. It's a cool scene. I love that scene. And that's yeah, that's it for Toy Story Four. I'm gonna give this movie a. I'm gonna give it an A A minus. I almost get A plus. I'm gonna give Toy Story Four an A minus. 100% check it out. If you have not seen this movie, which I know a lot of people probably haven't, 100% check it out. You do not need to be worried, but don't go in and think it's going to be the greatest thing ever, like some of the other ones you might think. For me, it's the best one, but if you're someone who really loves the other ones, like they're like best movie ever nominee, then don't go in thinking, don't go in with super high expectations because it might not live up to that for you because for me, it's not, those are nowhere near the best movie ever. This one's also nowhere near the best movie ever. So... For me, I, as someone who hasn't loved this franchise, I had, like, an expectation of, like, okay, I'm expecting this to be, like, Toy Story, like, better than, like, I expected this one to be good. It was great. I had a blast with it. And I would say, again, once again, you have to check it out. I know a lot of people are probably hesitant to go see this movie because it's a kid's movie at the end of the day. It's, there's some really good adult themes in it. So I would say 100% check it out. It is the second, no, I don't even know, maybe like the third best movie of the year at this point. And that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this little extra I wanted to put together since I'm not, haven't exactly covered every big movie that came out this year. I, you guys are going to be like, well, why didn't you talk about this movie and that movie? Well, those aren't the blockbuster, big blockbuster ones that, I, that people are really interested in. So that's why I didn't go over the smaller ones. So this movie is... Why am I seeing this movie? Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.